One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your flat rags on. Hey everyone, my name is Dan Budnick. I'm your host for Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, which is the 13th overall episode of the show. Unless I'm completely wrong, I feel like I'm completely right. Oh yeah. Thank you so much again for joining me, uh, all, all of you. And we're we're well, we're not, not quite halfway into um, Season 2 yet, but we are uh, getting close to it. And this episode we're going to talk about Big Money from November 26, 1974 and Stars Board. And uh, this time the little interstitials are, are going to be um, uh, different uh, from previous ones where I had various bits of music playing because <laughs> frankly with all the doo-wop, 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 boahs and stuff like that, like music seems to have gone out the window in the show at this point. I'm, you know, it, it will return. I, I Well, I know it will return. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd play something different for you. So uh, let me give you a little bit of this, and then we will be back to discuss Big Money. This is Bobby O'Rourke. Answer the $16,000 question. She's back to tell us whether she'll take her sixteen or leave it and try for 32000 on her march to the $64,000 question. And last week, jet pilot on Sherlock Holmes, Captain Thomas O'Rourke, answered the $16,000 question. Tonight... He's back to tell us whether he'll take his 16 or leave it and try for $32,000 on his march to the $64,000 question. The greatest name in cosmetics presents the 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. Yes, the $64,000 question. And now, the star of our show, where knowledge is king... And the reward king size, Hal Mart. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. It's a very exciting evening here that we anticipate. It's our first anniversary on the air. Glad that you could join us. Let's get the show started. Bill, who is Revlon's first guest? Well, Hal, our first guest is our first $64,000 winner, Captain Richard McCutcheon. That was the most of the $64,000 question I've ever experienced in my life. It's one of those shows that you know of. If you know your TV history, you know that for, what, the three, four years it was on, it shone so bright, and then fizzled out with the quiz show scandals, uh, which we will talk about briefly. Uh, But, yeah, oh, I just noticed that Class of 55 Rules is carved or written on the bathroom wall in in the men's room at Arnold's. Um, Anyway... The yeah, so sixty-four thousand dollar question uh, would lead you to believe big money. This is about a quiz show. This is about a quiz show in Milwaukee. Um, no one references the quiz show 
scandals themselves. So I would put this. I would. I would say we're still probably in the vicinity of of late ish or something like that. Fifty seven because the Quisho scandals really broke fifty seven, fifty eight, and the fact that no one's mentioned it and it seems such a surprise. And I'm getting ahead of myself because I forgot to tell you what this was about. There's a lot going on in this episode, and I'm going to try to keep it as succinct as possible. You know me. I already went off on a tangent there. What about that Quincy the Quill, huh? With the the, uh, world's uh, smallest dirty poem written on a bathroom wall? I like that guy. He reminds me a bit of that other guy in the the first season who makes the fake IDs uh, for Richie and Potsy. It it reminds me a bit of, um, uh, what is it, the Benedict character from Shadow Chasers who keeps showing up with these really ridiculous friends to try to help him and um, uh, Jonathan solve the cases in that show. But uh, see... There you go. A minute and a half in, I haven't even told you what the plot is. Milwaukee's big game show is big money. You can win up to $5,000, and it's very much like a, you know, you answer a question at 20, then a question at this, then a question at that, and the final one is 5000 And they have an isolation booth where the people stand in, and some of them get very sweaty, some of them don't. I read that in one of the shows, I think it was 21, which is the one that kind of instigated the quiz show scandals, uh, which is what quiz show. Uh, Robert Redford's uh, film is, is based off of you you um, they, they would actually the isolation booths were air conditioned but if they wanted to heighten the tension they would turn the air conditioning off in the booth so they would start sweating so there you have it out of all the people in the audience Richie gets picked a lot, a lot like in a couple episodes before he got picked to go out with um, Cheryl Ladd was it Cheryl Ladd the um, uh, the you know you know the one where he goes out with the gal from uh, the, uh, the Hollywood gal uh, but yeah he gets picked out of the crowd and it's funny because the moment I saw the crowd like a studio audience watching it I thought oh it's the people watching Happy Days and then I immediately thought but of course the third season is when it begins uh, being regularly shot in front of a live audience so there's no live audience here they actually had to bring in a live audience which actually works because it's not too big of a space and I, I thought by like the third time because there are three shows in this. And by the third time, I thought you probably would have started to recognize the people uh, sitting although sitting around them. Although there's no reason why um, the same people can't go if it's a local show, having, having a good time. So, yeah, big money. Richie gets called up. He gets the category of baseball. He gets the first question right for $20. The buzzer goes off. Come back next week. And everyone's, you know, kind of excited for him. And they're quizzing him on baseball all the time. And you know, uh, and Richie kind of says to you know his mom, "Hey, I want to get you that washing machine you want, um, or is it a clothes dryer? I forget. The washer or dryer. Uh, Joni wants a bike, and Mister C, in a very sweet and funny moment, really wants a set of go- customized golf clubs. Go watch that bit again with the. And I'm not going to do it in full, but you know, I want to get you some customized golf clubs, um, Dad. Oh, Richie, I couldn't let you. Do- oh, I'd like that very much. And it's it's so it's so good." And, and so they're kind of excited. He knows a lot about baseball, and they're quizzing him on it. And, you know, with, with one of the um, – and I didn't know this one. It was, what are the six ways you can get onto first base without a hit? Walk, error, hit by pitch, fielder's choice, drop third strike, defensive interference. Oh, go tell your friends. I didn't know all of those. And apparently there have been a few games in history where all those have happened in one game. So yeah, he's doing the baseball and he's getting exhausted and he goes on the next week and he he wins. He gets it. He gets up to what, like 3,200 and the next one is 5,000 and everyone's there and everyone's excited. Suddenly he's like a celebrity. 
in in the town and he go he goes into uh arnold's and all the gals flock around him and yeah i i mentioned um quincy the quill this was actually a little earlier yeah the fonz is saying this guy writes stuff really small so he can write something uh, and like put it on a button or something like that so you have all the answers you need like right in front of you and richie says no thank you but what happens in there is as they're leaving mr whippet the host hands richie a um an envelope and as they're all sitting and Marsha is, is bringing uh, Richie a Sunday or something and they're all really excited, Richie opens the envelope and it's the answers. And the third act is, do I cheat or not? I think this being Happy Days, you know that Richie isn't going to cheat. Um... I think the thing I like about the episode when I well I, li- I like I like this episode quite a bit. This like the the previous two are are ones I remembered as as being kind of like eh, you know I saw Quiz Show when it came out. I know about the Quiz Show scandals. To be honest, Quiz Show I thought was about fifteen minutes too long, and my butt was numb by the end of the movie. But this is that's your best place to go to, um to to watch. I mean a well acted, well put together. But frankly, too long. I think that about all Robert Redford's films, actually. Directed. His his films he's directed. Um, anyway. So, yeah, it, it's... I, I remember this being... Richie goes on a game show. They ask him to cheat. Spoiler, he doesn't. There's actually more to it than that. Um, because, like, the third act, when they discover what's going on... Um, Mr. Whippet is is very is very honest. He says, "Yeah, those are the answers, you know." And and we're an entertainment show. We're here for. And this was one of the things. Uh, was it with Geritol sponsoring Twenty One? It was the sponsors want a bang for their buck, and you know, and you know, certain people come on, and you know, they don't. They're not popular, and they lose, and they don't get the answers. But the people who do come on, that the public likes. We want them to win. We want them to see the victory. And so, yeah, we help out. We give you the answers because this is entertainment. And the funny thing is, I watch it this time. When I was a kid, I'm sure I would have been like, no, you can't. You can't do that. I'm watching now. I'm thinking, eh, I don't know. I, I've never particularly cared whether or not game shows I was watching were rigged or not. Um, there are sometimes when I watch Jeopardy and the people are so good and know all this minutia that I think they've got that all written down on a little button in front of them. But in, in the end, it's I'm, in the end, I don't think I don't think it matters. I, I I say that too because it's like you know I I love watching you know if there's a TV show like like this one for example where there's an episode set at a game show I find that exciting regardless of winning or losing or or whatever you know when when Ralph Cramden goes on the I forget that the episode where he goes on the sixty-four thousand dollar question type type show and, and gets I think he gets the first question wrong. You know that that's great too, and you know so so at the end of the day I don't really give a give a care if you'll pardon my French uh, about whether whether or not um, folks are cheating on game shows or not as long as they're entertaining. You you wouldn't want to watch a, a game show. Uh, that was the thing with twenty one. I think it was twenty one. That that was like I said that was the big one. It was twenty one and and. Was the the other big one that was um up? I think Dotto, I think was the other big one. Um, and pardon me, I've allergy attacks, so pardon pardon any sniff sniffiness. Los Angeles is on fire again. Um, 
Dotto and and Twenty One were the main ones, and I believe what I I remember reading was something along the lines of they the first batch of contestants that came out didn't really know any of the answers, and and were frankly kind of boring, and so the sponsor was like, you got to do something to pick that up, and so that's where they began giving people the answers and coaching the people and basically treating each episode of this game show live real game show as almost like a staged thing and uh, which it was which i guess it was now now the episode surprises me in several ways in that one um it's very funny uh there's a lot of great side stuff with trying to get richie to learn and trying to get richie to learn richie steps out of the shower his dad is there he's trying to go to sleep um potsy and ralph come into the bedroom and and are bugging him and and he just wants to sleep and Joni's excited about her new bike, and there's 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 Quincy the Quill. the The scene where the Fonz learns that it's rigged is a very funny one, where the Fonz is pissed that he, you know, he's been, yeah, he's been um, I'm so disillusioned right now. I believe is what he says, and it's there's just a lot. Of, it's it's yeah. The the main the main thing is is the cheating uh, uh thing, um, but whether or not he will. But there's a lot of lovely stuff around it that uh, I know I quite like. And it moves very quickly, and and it takes the Mister C and Richie talking thing to an interesting place. Mister C has been told he's getting these golf clubs. Richie only has one more question to answer. He's pretty sure Richie is going to get it right. So Richie tells Mister C, "I have all the answers." To which Mister C says, "I thought I did when I was your age." And he says, "No, look at this. I have all the answers." And Mr. C is, and, and you know, and Richie tells um, his dad what, what Mr. Whippet told him. And um, I do like that Richie hides the answers underneath his pillow, almost as if there was some sort of cheating fairy that would come during the night and take away the paper and leave him a dollar. Did they, it was, probably wasn't a dollar. When I, was a, when I was a kid, a tooth fairy always left you a dollar. And uh, if you needed some, like if you still had baby teeth and you needed some quick bucks, you'd just ow, 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 and just make a make a couple of bucks over there. You know, you couldn't do it every night. But um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so so Mr. C is obviously sort of uh, shocked by uh, seeing that they're cheating. It's cheating. It's all about cheating. But but he also seems to see sort of Mr. Whippeside just a little bit, and he really wants those golf clubs. And so... And I really thought this was interesting. When he Richie says to his dad, what should I do? Mr. C's response is, you know what, Richie? I don't know. He says, I don't know. And he leaves Richie to decide for himself, which is, I think, surprising. And... And and we'll get to the end uh, and and Mr. C's response to his response right there. But I think it's a surprising moment to see Mr. C, who's such a great dad and who always seems to have good advice, just being like, "This one, I don't know. I really don't know. You could you could benefit our family by by winning this money, but you would also sort of sell yourself out by cheating." And so, you know, like I th- I think. I think kind of what Mr. C is saying at that moment, he may not be saying it at the end, but at that moment he's saying, Richie, either way, I uh, support you, which I think is, is lovely. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a mighty good episode. I love the game show itself. It's it's sort of wonderfully chintzy. It's just this tiny set with this like 
money scoreboard in the background and the the little the numbers hanging on a on on the wall that they they turn around and they have the you know the um the the uh baseball or jazz or whatever on the other side they have the isolation booth and mr whippet's running around throwing money all over the place it's funny like at, at during at all times there's like fake money sprayed and sprawled all over the um studio of course he has a very leggy gal in heels um short skirt and heels who brings out this gloriously goofy like giant tube of toothpaste giant bottle of like hair tonic or something like that which is pretty amusing and yeah i think i think it's i think it's a i think it's a very good episode i i like it quite a bit um uh so some other bits here um before i talk about the quiz show scandals uh real quick is that uh, Jerry Paris is is using that wall? There's the wall. There isn't the wall. You know, there, there's a because they uh, we've talked about the wall many times. But he goes out of his way to like at at the point where Richie is kind of coming to sit down. I was like, come on, Rich, sit down here, you quiz winner. You know, you you very seriously, very clearly, very seriously, Clee. I was gonna spoonerisms. They're my favorite. You can very clearly see the the you know the edge of the seat that's supposed to be up against the wall. But then when it cuts like an over Richie's shoulder shot of. Uh, of of Potsy and Ralph, you can see the wall. The wall's there, so the wall keeps appearing. The wall keeps reappearing. There is a bit of a different layout. It looks like I th- I think I haven't really been paying attention to the restroom doors in here lately, but um, there's a bit of a different layout. I- I'm not quite sure how the. It's like there's a nook, and it looks like it's tough to see because you can't see everything. When you step in this three sided nook, like in in the corner there where the, the restrooms are, you get dolls on the left, guys directly in front. And it looks like there might be another door to the right, but you can't see it. You can't really see the guy's door all that well either. Um, but the guy's door would have to be the one straight in because when you walk in, the the the, the restroom is sort of to your right. And if you walked in the door on the right wall, you'd be walking back into the restaurant area. Uh, you know, I think, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense just fine. There's a weird... Thing in this episode where some of the scenes on the DVD look really nice and then some of them uh, like for example uh, the uh, I think the scene where Richie is offering everyone gifts if he wins and the scene right before the final I think this this is it the scene with Mr. C and Richie um, right before the final um, the appearance on the show they look really bad and it's just they look fuzzy and hazy and then all of a sudden the quality improves greatly so i'm I'm wondering why that is because it seems like a scene by scene thing. i'm wondering yeah if like i don't know what they would have used to make these dvds they look pretty darn good for for what they are they're not high def or anything but they look pretty darn good but i am wondering um why why the quality uh, the jump in the quality and in fact when they go to i believe i don't have it right up here i love the dirty joke thing by the way richie keeps saying it's a dirty poem and Richie keeps saying it doesn't rhyme, and the Fonz thinks it's hilarious. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the 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 sort of poor quality actually stretches into the scene, the final scene on Big Money, like the first couple of shots, and then like on like the first shot where Mister Whippet goes in to talk to um, Richie, it like the quality improves, which I found a bit odd. So I, I think that's. I think that's about all I got uh, for, for this one here. I, it's a fun episode. It's it's. I think it's really uh, nicely done. Richie and Potts are lots of fun. The Fonz is great. The family's great. Um, Ralph is great. Um, yeah. So 
let us let's just talk briefly about the quiz show scandals and then we will go on to a star is board uh yeah the quiz show scandals uh it's it what was it 55 56 i believe was uh when sixty four thousand dollar question was at its absolute height and uh the the thing with sixty four thousand dollar question that I always remember is that in the six years I Love Lucy was on the six seasons fifty one through fifty seven yes six years the one year when it wasn't number one is I it's fifty one fifty five fifty six I think when it it was it was like the the fourth or fifth year uh it, it, and that's when the sixty four thousand dollar question was number one so that's big. If you beat out Lucy, which was at the top of the ratings, so big for five of its six years, if you beat, that's big. So yeah, these shows took America by storm. People are crazy about them. And then, yeah, then what happened is at some point in like 57-ish, 58, there was a, um, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but there, there was a gentleman named Stemple, I believe, who lost to a guy named Van Doren. And you could see them in, uh, played by, I believe, John Totoro. And uh, it's Ralph Fiennes, isn't it? I believe that, yes, I believe so. And, uh, and, and, and basically, the sort of the story goes that, um, that uh, uh, Stemple was doing really great. His sort of popularity was beginning to dip. They brought on Van Doren and more or less forced Stemple to lose. And he wasn't happy about it and eventually began to raise a stink and it led to all kinds of chaos and craziness. And it was Dotto and um, and uh, and 21 and $64,000 challenge, the $64,000 question. And I believe, according to what I read here, Tic-Tac-Doe, the original Tic-Tac-Doe was was involved in the quiz i don't i sure why not i used to that was one of my favorites when i was a kid um and and so yeah it's basically you learn that as i said earlier they were they were basically they were almost like um uh uh like staged shows everything was sort of staged and now the show in 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 big money is is literally it's just uh, for the final question richie is like given basically it looks like a dozen or so it's tough to say like answers and I, I don't know if it, they're doing it Jeopardy style or whatever. And so, so he kind of knows uh, what's, what's coming. So he just has to expect that and use one of the answers. And it, it said that what I've read with $64,000 question challenge is that they didn't cheat per se, but they would kind of sneak around it. One of the things I read they do is they would do like pre-show question and answer sessions and then they would use one of those questions later on. So the person would have heard the answer prior to the show sort of thing. Um, so yeah, these shows went off the air and it was, it was big and it was, it was, it was rough. And um, yeah. And it, it was, it was funniest thing. I mean, just like for what, what two or so years there, Oh my God, these shows were just incredible. And then they just all bombed out very quickly. Uh, now, now, you know, as as I've said before, you know we get the quiz shows now. Now, and I mean, obviously, you get your Jeopardy. Who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, how come you're being a millionaire? How what? How is there a millionaire? What? Um, and maybe they're all rigged too. I don't know. I like I said, I don't particularly care. I'm watching it for the entertainment purposes myself. But I also get that if I were to go on one and I learned to cheat, uh, it was cheating. I would probably be troubled as Richie is, and we'll close out this discussion with Richie refuses to answer the final question he loses 
they give him a big tube of toothpaste, which Joni's carrying, and 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 it's almost as big as she is, which is uh, a lot of fun. And there's a there's a great scene that ends the well that that then ends ish the episode with um, Mr. C sort of apologizing to Richie for letting him down. You know, you came to me with a question with the problem. And I was thinking about the golf clubs, and I wasn't thinking right. He compares himself as he he has done before to Ozzie Nelson, you know, Ozzie and Harriet, and says, you know, if Ozzie had been told about cheating, he would have said no, put his foot down right there. Well, that's why you're not perfect, Mister C. You got a way to go, and and we love you. So that's that's great, and it's great to see an episode where Mister C ref- doesn't do what a dad uh, sitcom dad would do. And then reprimands himself for the end when his son does what he should have told his son was the right thing to do, and he can't. But he can tell him himself. So I, I really, uh, I really like this episode. So let let me stop there. Let's go on to a star is bored, and um, uh, uh, this episode aired on. Let's see, it was December third, nineteen seventy four. Written by Bobby Boswell, directed again by Jerry Paris, and um, uh, listen to this. To be or not to be, that is the question. Well, it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die. To sleep. No more than by sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. All right, a star is bored. Richie, Potsy, Ralph are playing uh, are a baseball team in the church league. I guess it's just the three of them. I don't know. They're, they're all we see of them. And they lose, and they lose horribly again and again and again. They just lost 14-1. to 1. Apparently, uh, well, and this might be true, Richie believes that they need uniforms. They see the team that beat them. They have nice uniforms, and all the girls swarm around them. They, they have red caps, matching red caps, and really just like old track knockoffs, track, track, junk you know you know just lock i forget how richie describes it, like locker room junk or or something like that but just these sort of eh, rotten looking sweats that they go out there and play in and it's it's not no it's not good and they're playing for a church and there's a reverend who they they work with who i guess they keep having like fundraisers they have a shakespeare festival but they just end up getting like caps and things and they never um uh actually get anything worthwhile so this year they want to uh they're they're put on hamlet for the shakespeare festival and they want someone good to play hamlet who can bring in a lot of money so they can get some cash to buy new uniforms and at first they go to a a talent agent that Mr. C had sort of kind of not really met when he was in the army he was leaving the the boat that they were on to from I think he said North Africa and his this guy was coming up the steps going to uh, North Africa and uh, Monty Monty Mueller I think is his name or Miller Monty Miller I kept thinking Marty Milner but uh, and and the the story is yeah that uh, Mr C and this guy bump into each other and M- Monty's canteen goes over the side into the water. Um, 
and Mr. C says, here you go, soldier, take mine. And the soldier is so impressed, he gives him his card and and says, if you ever need anything, call me. So uh, the the gang, the three guys, go to see uh, Mr. Miller, and, and nothing comes of it. And then they decide, let's put the Fonz in the role of Hamlet. After convincing the Fonz that he's like Marlon Brando, and convincing them that he can put his girlfriend Charmaine as Ophelia, they do the play. And surprisingly, it goes quite well. Or maybe not surprisingly, it goes quite well. I mean, if the Fonz is in charge, you're not going to have it bomb out because he's the freaking Fonz. But this, this this is an interesting episode because the first half of it is okay. It's 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 a weird one because there's an episode coming up very shortly that I is one of my all time favorite episodes of Happy Days, where for the first act or so it's just okay, but then suddenly when it hits a certain groove. It becomes fantastic. This one, the moment they go to the font, the moment they decide on the fonts, it becomes fantastic. And oh, oh my gosh, I've got sound clips for you in this one. I got two sound bites for you from near the end of the episode. Uh, I'm gonna have a little bit Richie talking with the fonts, and then the fonts um, big scene, the big soliloquy, which you just heard some of Mr. David Tennant uh, performing in the interstitial right there. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting episode because the opening scene with them bemoaning the fact they don't have uniforms is okay. The the scene where they go to talk to the Reverend who's more excited about his Monte Carlo night and gambling than he is about them and their uniforms that they look a mess. Uh, is 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 okay. The, the the Reverend is fun and it's all right. And but the the scene, the scene with the talent agent is a little weird. Uh, they all sit out in the um, uh, and I'm wondering. They all sit out in the uh, in the living room to have dessert. And to me, if you're sitting in the living room when I was a kid, to have that meant we were watching TV. But in the previous episode, it had been mentioned that the picture tube was out for their TV, and it was going to take seven to ten days. And Joni's really climbing up the wall in the in the previous episode, big money over that, and saying like, "What we what did you do before we had a TV?" I sat here looking into the space, wishing we had a TV. So I'm guessing the TV maybe is not up and running. Yeah, which is too bad that in the previous episode when Richie's on TV, their TV isn't working. That's that's too bad. I wonder if they got scanned by the TV repairman. I know I know that was a thing. Like Dragnet did an episode on scam TV repairmen scamming people. Anyway, I forgot where I went. Oh, yeah, and they're all they're all sitting around in in the living room, and it's dessert time, and they're. And they're talking about this, uh, telling the story about um, Mr. C leaving the army. It's always nice to hear backstory. Um, then it goes, and, and then it goes to the scene with the with the the the, the agent, and it's a funny scene. Uh, it's 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 a fun scene, but it also the moment the scene is over, they're like, "Let's get the Fonz." It feels like filler, especially the second time you watch it, and you want it to get to the Fonz when you know what's coming. And so, so it's weird because the first, uh, not quite the first half of the episode, but, but close to it, is just it's okay, not not great, just okay. And why Chuck isn't visiting them for dinner, I, I have no idea. But yeah, the first half is okay, but the moment, like I said, the moment they bring the Fonz into it, I think it becomes really good. Because the Fonz is fun, and he doesn't get the Shakespeare thing at all, and he's not going to wear the tights, and he's out there in like a cape, and like his jeans and his t-shirt, and he's invited, a lot of the gals are there, and like it looks like a biker gang who are all like, yeah, Fonz, are there for him too, and everyone seems really excited to be there, and just cheering on the Fonz. 
Now, I, I don't mean to put down the scene with the talent agent guy. I just think it does does feel a bit fillery to me. But I will say there is a great moment where he's recommending random, generally inappropriate people to play Hamlet. Mrs. C wants Olivier. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Miller can't provide Olivier. But at one point he says, you know who I can get for you? Alan Funt. Alan Funt is Hamlet. He looks great in tights. Which I never knew. Hey, you learn, you live. Uh, and 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 you love it's fantastic, uh, but yeah the, uh, yeah he's a great great smarmy agent. I'd like to return to the the baseball team real quick. They do get their uniforms in the end, hooray! Um, but um, I do I just I just realized I have the agent uh, agent uh, scene playing in the background here, and he's got like enough books on his bookcase to be like a. Um, like a lawyer. And he also has that great picture of Einstein sticking out his tongue, which they did a very funny bit. Was it with Bob and David? Uh, about the Einstein sticking out his tongue in the photo. Um, but I, I'm wondering, like, if this church wants a baseball team, why don't they get them uniforms? I, I guess I don't understand that. I mean, is it doesn't it look bad? For I mean, they, they stink to high heaven anyways. Even after they get the uniforms, they lose again. But doesn't it look bad? for the church to sponsor a team and only get them red caps? Eh, maybe. I don't know. But, having said that, we I want to go on to the second half of the episode. So, so yeah, the Fonz is there, and he's a little confused by the Shakespeare and stuff like that. And so I'm going to play you this clip. So what it is, is it's right before... It's right, yeah, right before Act 3, To Be or Not To Be... I wonder if they're doing the full text because I can't imagine. I, I imagine they're abbreviating this quite heavily. Okay, b- before I before I go into this space uh, with the sound clips, I just want to mention I'd forgotten this one. There is a scene with Richie giving his big speech, and Ralph. He's giving the big speech to Ralph, and he's playing Polonius, and Ralph is there, and I've forgotten for the life of me who Ralph is playing, and I know all, all you big Shakespeare fans are going to be mad at me on that. But but Richie is playing the worst Polonius ever. To thine own self be true. And Ralph is in, like, just trying to stifle the laughter. Sometimes he's breaking out in the laughter. It's a really funny scene. I love, the thing I love about the play is it feels so half-assed. And you wonder if the reason why they don't make any money on it is because no one seems to give a care. Pardon my French. And... You know, it's Richie has a, you know, a bad, long, white beard on. And he's talking like this. And Ralph just can't stop laughing at him. And they know the lines. And, you know, they have the reverend standing nearby with a copy of the play yelling the lines. He yells them to the Fonz in one scene. And the Fonz forgets one of the lines yelled to him and says, you know, like, da-da-da-da, what he said. But that's, I really like that scene where Ralph is laughing at Richie. I mean... It's no wonder they don't have uniforms, I guess, if this is the sort of half-assery they put on um, from uh, year to year. And the poor, is it Mrs. Stewart? What's her name? There's sort of like um, Mrs. Stewart. Um, she uh, contributed the stained glass window. She contributed the bell. She is doing something or other with this play and whatever. And she just asked that her husband uh, be remembered. It's like that old brought in, in the bishop's wife who's the real jerk who gives um, Niven's character uh, the priest uh, trouble and then Cary Grant has to go and sort of sort all that out um, gosh I'd like to watch the bishop's wife today I'm not going to um, uh, portending 
our next episode. So let us go to the the sound clip that I I jumped away from. Act three is about to begin, and everyone's clearing out of the uh, dressing room. And the Fonz is talking to Richie about you know why doesn't Shakespeare speak English? To be or not to be? What's this all about? Listen. Why don't he speak in English? Oh, it is English, but it's old English. You know, why don't he talk in new English now? I don't understand this stuff. I mean, like, to be or not to be. What's that? Oh, well, see, that's the part where Hamlet is contemplating killing himself. No kidding. You know, sometimes the Shakespeare guy really... He's really with it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. You know, uh, Hamlet's got a knock compared to me. What do you mean? Well, my old man took off when I was 12 years old. I haven't seen him since. At least Hamlet's father drops in every once in a while. Oh, yeah, but, but Hamlet's father is a ghost. Yeah, you see through fathers better than none at all. I, I never knew your father wasn't around. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I thought a couple of times about whether I, I wanted to be or not. You did? Yeah. I think a lot of people think about that uh, to be or not to be stuff. I don't know, Fonz. Maybe. On stage, everybody, what's So remembering at this point that this this is the Fonz who's got like a cape and his his his, his t-shirt and his jeans. He doesn't know his lines. He he's just coasting by and being cool, and it's kind of working. What one one of the things he keeps doing is kissing Ophelia just randomly whenever he wants and you know as he does his biker friends are all yeah Fonz cheering him on he's giving him the you know the thumbs up and uh it's great stuff so then you get this moment and I love this moment I completely forgot that this moment where he talks about his dad and he talks about that he has been suicidal and I think it's beautiful and I think Richie's response to do you think a lot of people think to be or not to be is just wonderfully done wonderfully acted i mean these are these are two characters these are two guys who would become great friends and it's we we are we've already established the, the 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 friendship between them but it's moments like this that really cement things and we will see that being cemented more in in, in upcoming episodes but i just think that's just such a beautiful moment something you don't expect in a rather yeah, silly episode, a rather a slightly um, padded episode here and there. But one of the joys of TV at this time, and I've said this before, is that when you compare it to today's TV, where you will get you will get the big story arcs and you get all the character development. Back here, as as I, as I've said before, and this is this is nothing nothing new that I'm saying here is that you would get moments like this. You you don't expect that the Fonz going into this for a laugh so he can keep his girlfriend happy and get some kisses from her and maybe help the guys make some money to make their, their to get their baseball uniforms. You don't expect that there's going to be a sequence where you learn about his dad and you learn that his dad abandoned the family, which will become a thing as the show goes along. You... Don't expect that you'll hear him saying that he had thought to be or not to be numerous times. And th- sort of this plot thread will build over the next 
oh gosh, what is it? Is it season six, I think? Yeah, it's season six where this sort of will be resolved, but this will be kind of a building thing as it goes. And it works. It's good. It's it's fun. And the episode ends and the Fonz is a success and they get their uniforms. And in, in the closing scene, the three guys are throwing the, playing catch in Arnold's parking lot and the Fonz is kind of standing amongst them. And then he kind of gives them the thumbs up, puts his arm around Charmaine and heads into Arnold's. And then the guys almost get hit by a car. But that's okay. Um, that's... Uh, you, you you get these moments and you get the, the and the moment is between the Fonz and Richie, which is the important thing. Laertes, that's who Ralph was playing. Ha ha, son of a biscuit. I don't know why I didn't remember that before. Uh, but a room in Polonius's house. Uh, was that right? Uh, so 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 that's it's it's a great scene and you don't expect it in the episode. And I'm gonna play the second sound clip. Then we will wrap this episode up. Um, which is the Fonz delivering the speech. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows. Wait a minute. Will you wake up? This is important stuff here. I mean, let me tell you what's happening. Hamlet, that's me, is thinking about taking the big dive. Can you dig it? I mean, he starts thinking about, uh, you know, how things are. He figures that things aren't so good. So he says, why not cash in on his own chips, you know? I mean, kick his own bucket? Well, a lot of us don't have it so good and start thinking like that. Let me tell you something. Being here, it's a lot better than not being. I mean, like you people. You come here to watch your kids because you got to. But it's important to them, you know? I mean, they work hard. You being here makes it nice for them. So if the question ever comes up, just think about what Fonzie says. You better dig what you got now because you ain't going to have it forever. Isn't that awesome? They, they, they completely win everyone over and get the money for the, the uniforms and do a fun job um, by completely butchering the play, but, but there's a heart there to it. And, you know, the next scene is, is, is Hamlet Laertes sword fighting and, and the Fonz takes off his cape and puts on his leather jacket to, to fight with Ralph and... I just love that scene. I love that moment, and it's great. It's not. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like cloying or like overly sentimental. I think it's. It's a guy who had a rough childhood and didn't make it through high school, living the best life he can live at this time, but with regrets and with wishes that things may have gone differently than they did. And just I, I I like it because you you can sort of see when Henry Winkler's doing it, it feels like the Fonz is working through what he's saying. It's it doesn't sound like a prepared speech. It sounds like he's 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 it's com- it's coming out as he's saying it, which is what's happening right here. And sometimes I screw up, but the Fonz luckily is much better at this than I am. That's why I played that freaking clip. But yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's not the it's not the best episode. It's probably the weakest episode in a while. Um, but the second half of it makes it worth your time. The first half is fun, but the second half when the Fonz takes over is really good. And so, 
I guess we will leave it that a little bit of shorter episode uh, this time around. I tried to keep it more concise, tried to go off on fewer tangents. But yeah, again, uh, uh, my name is Dan, rocking all week with you. Yeah. And uh, this was episode whatever it was. And you can you can email me at Danny Slacks, D A N N Y S L A C K S, at yahoo.com. I'm on, jeez, uh, you, you could give me an eSuperTrain1 over on Twitter. You can hit me up at Daniel Budnick or, or eventually SuperTrain um, on Facebook. Um, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, ratings, reviews are always welcome. Unless you really hate the show, contact me first. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't like my voice. Maybe you want someone else to talk about Happy Days. I don't know. But maybe your dreams will come true. Maybe my dreams will come true. I did have a bit of a dream come true for our next episode. Ha ha, segue. And that is, oh, in this episode, I, I can actually, okay. In in the previous episode, I had uh, was wondering what exactly the doors were, but the, the guy's door is the back wall in that little three-corner nook there. Sorry, I could see it in the episode I have on right here. You couldn't see it in the um, Big Money episode. It all ties together. And if, if, if you're wondering, before I sign off, if you're wondering, like, hey, Dan, what about the, um, you know, the uh, uh, the cultural things and stuff? Well, last time we had the quiz show scandals. This one, we really don't have anything. I mean, Marlon Brando comes up, yeah, and, um, but, uh, and J- James Dean comes up, and we, 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 we got all that, and we, we've been there before. So there's nothing really new. And the music, again, probably because they took all the actual music out is... is what there is of it, there isn't much, is doo-wop, doo-wop, and kind of generic syncing one, uh, linking one scene to another kind of thing. So I'm still standing by my fact that I believe we are very close to... Um, we're, we're not in December of... Seven, that's, I will say, that, that's the weird thing, is the episode aired in December, we got, we got a very special episode coming up, which is very specifically set in December. But this is still... There's still a baseball season, and there's no sign that it's cold or anything. Is this spring? Is this summer? When is this? It's... Uh, I don't know. But, you know, in, in the end, I'm going to still stick with 57 and still say they're jumping around. Maybe 58, but we'll say 57 for now. And they're jumping around in the year, which is fine with me. Although jumping around in the year in the year in the year does kind of works when there is no sort of character development like we saw with uh, with Fonzie uh, in this one. Sorry, I was going to say Potsy. Potsy doesn't really get too much to do in this one. He does, but but I think the build with Richie and the Fonz throughout the season and the seasons is episode to episode kind of builds as it goes so to suddenly say now we're we've gone from you know we you know a few episodes back we were in halloween a few episodes back uh we were at the end of october now the baseball season is still on and that would put us in september in uh, summer i don't know it doesn't seem like summer but eh. anyway um i'm gonna i'm gonna call this episode as as being maybe they play late fall early winter baseball in the church it's the church league that's when they play haha i don't know i don't know when this is set say 57 i think after halloween weird the previous episode had gloria's name listed in the credits but i didn't see gloria in the episode at all linda pearl i didn't see her in the episode at all weird all these things are coming out of my mind right now as i'm trying to end this episode so i will do that the, the exciting thing, the dream come true for this next episode is, yes, you got it, folks. The next episode, we are going to have our first guest 
host. Someone will be joining me to discuss the next episode. It's a single episode in the next one. And if you know your happy days, you know what episode it is. I'm going to stop talking right now. I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. It's so much, so, so much appreciated. So appreciated. So very much appreciative. Thank you. Listen to this. Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday.